0: Welcome to the Crispin Commentary, Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Crispin. My mom tells me I sound like I'm half asleep half the time I do this, so it's a little pep in my step for you this morning. Topics on today's episode include happenings from a bay in the Atlantic and a gulf in Mexico, my interview with Loan Care's Eric Seabrook on consumer digital and customer experience or mortgage servicers, and what to expect from GDP and income and outlays later this week. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Loan Care. Loan Care has successfully navigated clients and homeowners through market change for 40 years. The mortgage subservicer is known for delivering superior customer experience through personalization and convenience. Its award-winning portfolio management tool, Loan Care Analytics, supports MSR investors with a focus on customer engagement, liquidity, and credit risk. Loan Care is part of Fidelity National Financial, a Fortune 500 company and leading provider of services to real estate and mortgage industries. Yesterday's commentary had a note about Atlantic Bay's LinkedIn traffic picking up, and I've subsequently been assured by Atlantic Bay's CEO that the company continues to enjoy its 27 years in business and will remain independent. I apologize for any confusion yesterday's note caused, and the commentary continues. The conference in New Orleans also continues. With talk of repurchases, credit and verification costs skyrocketing, you'll see it on your February 1st CRA invoice, and how servicing income saved the bacon of many a lender in 2023. The average elevation of New Orleans is 20 feet. Are you going to want to service or insure properties on the East Coast that are not only experiencing rising sea levels, but are also sinking by a third of an inch a year? Well, that affects more than 2 million people and 800,000 properties on the East Coast, during a 30 year mortgage that's only 10 inches. For today's interview, I want to welcome back to the show Loan Care's Eric C. Brooke to talk about consumer digital and customer experience for mortgage servicers. He has over 17 years of executive experience in the financial services industry with a specialized focus on business development, process management, and client relations. He's using his deep knowledge of all aspects of special servicing and servicing operations to help Loan Care strengthen key stakeholder relationships and increase its revenue pipeline. Before joining Loan Care, he was Director of Business Development for Aspen Capital, where he was responsible for leading a team of business development executives focused on improving loan performance and identifying opportunities for increased revenue. He's also held executive roles at AHP Servicing and Celine Financial. I mean, you worked for... Aspen Capital, AHP Servicing, Celine Financial. How does one even get into the servicing side of things? How did you figure that that was a viable career path?
1: Uh, yeah, so I honestly, landed in it. So when I was going to school, I worked for my my first job was with Green Tree. This was Green Tree prior to Conseco, back to Green Tree, back to Ditech. So um, what I did is I stacked paper, and I, I realized because I can ten key, um, I think. 15,000 keystrokes a minute, and I can type um, over 120 words a minute. I was quicker than most when I had to do data entry. So I was able to go from a temp all the way up to a supervisor within a year uh, doing post-closing work. From there, uh, US Bank recruited me to to be their site manager for a Tempe vault that they built. When I left uh, US Bank, I had an offer to, to go over to a company called Merrick Servicing. Um, And basically, they were bringing me on to to build them an imaging system and and that back-end program. And my boss at the time said, hey, you you also need to do loan boarding. I didn't know what loan boarding was. And as a person who doesn't like to fail, when I got my first loan boarding job to to put onto the system, I realized I knew nothing about servicing. So I took the next three to six months, and I immersed myself into everything loan servicing. So I learned the loan boarding process. I loaned origin I loan I, I learned lost litigation, bankruptcy, foreclosure, you know, the back office stuff, really anything. Because to me, if you're going to be responsible for loan boarding, you need to ensure that the data that you're putting on the system is accurate and correct. And the only way to do that is by understanding the different functions. From there, I learned almost almost everything. You know, I was a novice, right? It was it was a short period of time, but I kept I kept that education process. They they promoted me over to a director of client management because all the clients at the time said, hey, your loan boarding guy knows more than your client management person. And we want a one-stop answer. And that's where that relationship kind of, what we talked about earlier, builds in. Uh, so I ended up going over to client management. From there, everybody told me that I need to go into sales. Um, and my response always is, I'm not a sales guy. I'll, I'll help solution. And I'll help find a problem. And, and ultimately, you know, we get lost in this world with with everybody being so competitive and want to get a business that everybody forgets it's not about the business. It's about the relationship. And so, with my background on operations and my ability to to really, I guess, gel with people and to 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 really help them and understand, it's made me successful through my career. So to give listeners a little
0: background. Lone Care, a top U.S. mortgage subservicer, has introduced a wholly reimagined, reengineered, and redesigned website, myloancare.com, which I suggest people go check out. It's powered by its proprietary software and accompanied and supported by a new proprietary mobile app as well, which is pretty exciting. You've obviously had a homeowner website for years and actually a mobile app as well. What about this new launch is different for lone Care?
1: Yeah, the uh, the main difference between our new consumer digital platform and previous website and mobile app is that it is now entirely proprietary, meaning that we control every aspect of the design, functionality, and how. And this means that we can be nimble, adjusting to new programs, regulations, borrower communication needs, tools, and client retention goals, no matter the market conditions or impacts from the interest rates. Inflations or property value dynamics, natural disasters or pandemics. This also means that we can build out new capabilities and continually drive self service convenience with our homeowners and clients. The new digital platform was built based on market research and analysis, behavioral tracking and feedback from our clients and homeowners. This way, we ensure that we're providing the best digital experience to the end user.
0: So, you and I have both used the P word proprietary so far, and I want to ask about that. A little bit what about this new website and mobile app being proprietary sets it apart from other servicer or websites or mobile apps that are out there
1: yeah well as you're aware you know most servicers and subservicers in the space are using the same out-of-the-box solution that while it's certainly serviceable and provides the customer the basic information that they require it does not allow for the level of customization and quick response times that we were looking for and we felt that our clients and their homeowners deserve In contrast, because we have our own website and mobile app, we can react to market changes more quickly and adjust messaging as needed. We're also able to better support the unique needs of each client to support their goals, whether it be white label or just any kind of messaging that they want to get out to their borrowers.
0: I'm actually considering taking a role as VP of business development at a startup. That's separate from the podcast. That's separate from... Uh, the Crispin stuff that I do, because I I really believe in this idea that uh, it's going for. What do you feel like it takes to to be good when it comes to strategy and business development? What have you learned in your nearly two decades uh, of,
1: as an executive? Yeah, I, I think business development, in my opinion, it, it's, it's a little different, it, or at least my thought is different. From a business development perspective, everyone thinks of just straight sales. I, I don't, I don't like the word sales. I, I don't like the process of just trying to get someone to buy it, buy something. So if you're looking to get into this position, my suggestion to you, or, or this this kind of um, area, my suggestion would be that you're not selling your solutioning. So so when I talk to folks, whether I get the sale or not, I want to understand their problem and help them work through what the best solution is. This gives us the ability to build the relationship and really custom tailor something towards them. So in order to, to, to get into business development, it, it's more of working with the clients, understanding the need and not just pushing an agenda. And that's basically what sales is, right? When you when you solution, you're helping the client. If you can do that, there's great satisfaction in, in what you do and how you work and, and how you provide, provide a resource or a solution to each one of those clients. Um, and for that perspective, if that's the way you're gonna look at it from this startup and and you're you know the product that you're gonna give is gonna help, then then by all means, you should try it. I, I would always suggest to to people that you know it's worth giving a shot, especially if they have that type of outlook towards life.
0: You know what's funny is that also is great advice for LOs. People don't yeah. want to be sold on things. It's like figure out the best product for your client, help provide a solution for them help educate them. And it's going to be a much more enjoyable transaction. You'll probably be much more likely to get referral business as a result of of interacting that way. So
1: very good advice. Real quick, as an example, there has been a total of three deals since I've been at Loan Care. Each one of those deals is is not potentially something that would work out for them at Loan Care. They're they're smaller deals. But based off of what they've told me, I've, I've helped them you know, find a good landing spot of where they need to go and and loan care wasn't the right place. However, with each three of those people, I've built relationships, I've helped them through things. And now one of those have come back to me. It was early when I started over at loan care that they're actually going to grow their MSR portfolio. And because of the way I helped them originally, they now want to come back to us because they appreciated the thoughtfulness and understanding. And instead of saying, hey, we're going to jam you into this box, put them in a box that's pretty much better for them and and now they're coming back to us and so again if you if you treat everybody with respect and you help them and and I mean it's just the key things that you learn you know as as you're growing up and becoming a person right that's that's where you get the satisfaction and help and then, like I said it, it came back to me tenfold because now we're going to get a client out of it well whether you realized
0: it or not that's a perfect segue for what I want to ask you next and it's about supporting your clients and their goals putting people in the right situations and products for them that are going to benefit them how do you feel like the new site and mobile app support
1: that both the the website and the mobile app are available to our clients as a fully white labeled experience we can have logos phone numbers privacy policies mls ids they're all inclusive in our white label package but more so we can display the site using the client's color palette you know, we can tailor custom messaging, notifications, alerts, and more to mirror the client's voice and style for a for even more immersive brand experience. You know, our goal was to really ensure what we were giving our clients with that white label package was their voice. You know, furthermore, we have our proprietary account-based marketing program, Loan Care ADM, which enables clients to continually engage with their homeowners across the website, mobile app and email, and direct mail with customized messaging, content, and offers. Clients can combine our account-based marketing with the power of Loan Care Analytics to feature marketing refinances and cash out opportunities to their customers based on LTV, equity position, or other loan-based activities. We can communicate to our borrowers based on their regional events like natural disasters, branch office information, or even display specific loan officer information for a more personal experience. We believe that our clients understand Their homeowners best, and we're here to support, strengthen, and retain those relationships to hopefully drive long-term loyalty.
0: So, I have a couple fun questions for you before I let you get out of here. And and the first one will be: Are there any features in particular you're excited to be able to offer homeowners
1: using the site or the app? Well, I mean, besides the app itself, and we're excited for everything, but um, (laughs) ultimately the. Homeowner dashboard showcases e- easily digestible visuals and breakdowns of homeowners' due dates, balances, interest rates, and amounts paid each year. You know, similar to to the question you asked before, you know that is standard information that that is provided in the out of the box solutions. But with our proprietary process, you know, we it's it's easily digested. It's in the color palette of the the client. Like there's those those different little features that we can do. Homeowners can also find quick links to financial assistance, customer support, payment histories, payoffs, and insurance. The dashboard also offers additional space for clients to maximize our account-based marketing to display display call-to-action, thread dynamics adjusted for each homeowner's circumstances to bring to their intention important account features and events related to their mortgages. For example, if a homeowner is not ready, enroll for e-statements or auto-pay, we would encourage them to do so through the call to action thread. If they enroll, that message would be replaced to other relevant messages. We have added levels of personalization across the website where homeowners can select their notification preferences, and and it's a useful tool to take advantage because they can use it by receiving text, email, or push notifications to their mobile devices about servicing-related events. These personalized settings give each homeowner the ability to keep up to date with payments uh, applied to their accounts, payments received, notifications on when taxes or insurance are paid, and when documents are available. And even the customer service team, if there's anything that they perform on on their loan, uh, they'll get notifications as well. And then finally, and this is the one that we're super excited about, is that we have a major update. And that is, we are now providing 100% um, the ability to translate into Spanish, a growing number of home home buyers in the United States are non-native English speakers with Spanish speakers topping that list. We are proud to be able to keep expanding our support for those who prefer to conduct business in their native language.
0: <laughs> that means I'm excited. There's a lot to be excited about there. So this last question is one that I really enjoy asking people, regardless of what niche they occupy in mortgage banking, and I'll ask it for you as it pertains to the customer experience with servicing. Where do you see the future of consumer digital heading for mortgage servicing?
1: I mean, as you know, it's no secret that the trend for the past few years is to increase self-service. And I only see that increase going forward. Today's homeowners want to answer and support quickly, easily, and 24-7. Customers in general want to feel like they're more than just a low number, and the relationship they have with their financial institution carries a lot of weight. What that means for mortgage servicers and their clients is the need to embrace personalization across the generations and geographies to understand what their specific goals are, where are trends and what the struggles to align messaging servicing and offers. It's no more one-size-fits-all. Very well
0: put. Thank you for your time today, sir. Much appreciated. No problem, and uh, hopefully I see you around the conference. With many mortgage market participants in New Orleans, it was a quiet start to the week. On the economic front, the leading index for December showed a 0.1% decrease, which was better than expected. This week we'll have some news to watch out for, new home sales and GDP on Thursday, and pending home sales and personal incomes and outlays on Friday. The first estimate of real GDP for the fourth quarter of 2023 is expected to show that growth moderated after a robust 4.9% annualized increase in Q3. For 2023 as a whole, real GDP likely rose 2.4%, much better than expected at the beginning of 2023. The GDP price deflator, measuring the cost of all goods and services produced in the U.S., is expected to moderate, further evidence that inflation is moving back towards the Fed's target. The Personal Income and Outlays report contains the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, the PCE Price Index, and will likely show another month of strong spending on goods and services, with incomes growing solidly, though not quite as fast as spending. Spending will eventually have to slow and come in line with income growth, which is part of why real GDP growth is expected to moderate this year. Inflation is expected to have held steady in the personal consumption expenditures price deflator in December, slowed by the core PCE deflator. In six-month annualized terms, both total and core PCE inflation were likely very close to the Fed's 2% target for a second consecutive month. There won't be any Fed speak this week as we are in the quiet period prior to next week's FOMC rate decision. There is a near-universally held view that the FOMC will leave the Fed Fund's rate and pace of quantitative tightening unchanged at the conclusion of its upcoming meeting on January 31st. The committee is expected to buy time to determine if inflation is indeed on a sustainable path back to 2%, and the meeting serves as an opportunity to build consensus around the conditions for eventual policy easing. Markets are much more concerned with the March meeting, where The Fed Fund's futures are now pricing in a better than 50% chance that the Fed will keep rates at current levels and not cut. To begin 2024, there was around an 80% chance of a rate cut. Futures are still somehow pricing in 150 basis points in rate cuts, as the most likely scenario for 2024, and the resilient strength of the U.S. economy continues to reinforce the idea of a soft landing. Today's economic calendar is underway with Philadelphia Fed non-manufacturing surveys for January. Later today brings Redbook same-store sales for the weekend in January 20th, Richmond Fed surveys for January, several treasury auctions headlined by $60 billion of two-year notes, and more earnings from Wall Street. Overnight, the Bank of Japan was out with its latest monetary policy decision, deciding unanimously to keep interest rates at negative 0.1%, with investors looking for further clues regarding a potential exit from NIRP or negative interest rate policy. Today is also 48 hours for class D MBS. We begin the day with agency MBS prices slightly worse than the 10-year yielding 4.12 after closing yesterday at 4.09%, the two-year is up to 4.40%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A lawyer boarded an airplane in New Orleans with a box of frozen crabs and asked the flight attendant to take care of them for him. She took the box and promised to put it in the crew's refrigerator. He advised her that he was holding her personally responsible for them staying frozen, mentioning in a very haughty manner that he was a lawyer and proceeded to rant at her about what would happen if she let them thaw out. Needless to say, she was annoyed by his behavior. Shortly before landing in New York, she used the intercom to announce to the entire cabin, Would the lawyer who gave me crabs in New Orleans please raise your hand? Not one hand went up. So she took them home and ate them. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Loan Care. Loan Care has successfully navigated clients and homeowners through market change for 40 years. The mortgage subservicer is known for delivering superior customer experience through personalization and convenience. Its award-winning portfolio management tool, Loan Care Analytics, supports MSR investors with a focus on customer engagement, liquidity, and credit risk. Loan Care is part of Fidelity National Financial, a Fortune 500 company,